When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now he's making room. He gets to the 50. He gets to midfield. He gets to the 40. What an athletic display by Trey Ford. He's magic. He is the magic man of the Canadian Football League right now. He's got a line to the net. He'll come in. The shot scores! Edmonton's home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. It's the bye week for the Edmonton Oilers, but before they uh, all went on their separate ways, they did this. You can hear the crowd here at Rogers Place. This is amazing. 16 straight wins for the Edmonton Oilers. 4-1 the final here this afternoon as they defeat the Nashville Predators. And Edmonton into the All-Star break on 16 straight. Gotta love it. Oh, you sure do, Bob and Cam. My gosh. There's only one team in NHL history that has a longer streak. And that's the Pittsburgh Penguins back in 92-93. And the Oilers, we all have to wait eight days to see the attempt of tying the record against a team that they have a lot of history with, dating back to last season and losing in six games in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's the Vegas Golden Knights. Who, by the way, the Oilers have five games in hand on and are five points back for second spot in the Pacific Division. Truly remarkable, isn't it? Good evening. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins, who it's a, this is just a one-off here. He's back tomorrow. And uh, we'll take you through the rest of the week here on 6.30 Chat Inside Sports. It is a bye week. And because it's a bye week, that means you're going to see one game, two games, three games around the National Hockey League. And, of course, uh, Thursday is when the All-Star break uh, it commences officially with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl representing the Oilers. Should have been Zach Hyman as well, but uh, I digress. But just one game in the NHL tonight. That is it. National Predators 3-3 tie with the uh, Ottawa Senators. That's the only game tonight. And uh, you remember how they used to do the bye weeks? They used to just... Kellen, nice to see you again, buddy. Hey, it's good to see you too. Kellen Kennedy. Uh, across the glass here in chat control. We have much to discuss. Oh, we do. We do. And we'll see if we have time to discuss everything. we got a busy show here tonight. Yeah, it's a loaded show tonight. Okay, you remember how they used to do the bye weeks? It'd be like, okay, you get the bye week in early November, and then you get it in late February. Then they were very scattershot, in... yes. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. And teams were like, well... I just played three and four nights, and I'm playing a team that's been off for six days. It's just ridiculous. So now you have half the league that has the bye week before the All-Star break, mm-hmm. and then the other half will be next week. Mm-hmm. And I find it very interesting that uh, Vegas, they're on the same bye week as we are. And I like that. I like that. because so both just teams keeps... are going to come into this game next Tuesday just, I guess, as fresh as they can be. So Yeah. The storyline is intact as well, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there will be five points ahead of the Oilers. And nothing changes. So 
I like it. I like it a lot for sure. But how about those Oilers? I mean, impressive. Twenty-six and six under Chris Knobloch. Like, why? You know, <laughs> you hear Rob Brown after uh, the game on. He said it several times on our overtime open line shows with Reed. That he, you know, if Jay Woodcroft was still a member of the Oilers uh, coaching staff or the, the head coach, they probably would have found their way out of it. But maybe not to this level. Here comes Chris Knobloch and. Let's just calm everything down. Let's keep everything simple, understandable, predictable. And now it's 16 straight. It's pretty remarkable. And you heard Bob on uh, with uh, Craig McTavish uh, during orders now about, you know, he's he was told, let's no, forget Knobloch. Do everything. Do the bad start. And what do you say? They're top eight top ten in every every major category in the league so mm-hmm. it's it's remarkable you know the i they're gonna lose games again i mean they are it's just the law of averages right mm-hmm. i mean you and i have done shows way back when a decade ago where they were in the bottom eight of the league for everything yeah so this is i'm not used to success this is unreal <laughs> no this is this is wild this is wild for sure um and I think about the trade deadline now. I think about it because we got to start thinking about it because it's over a month away. And it seems like every week or almost every game, but really I'll say every week, the needs of this team change. You know, they need a goaltender. Well, do they really need one now? They need to re- get rid of Jack Campbell. Do they really? The car, the ball's in their court. They don't really need to move Jack Campbell. Where before it was going to be, and we had Elliot, you know, Elliot Friedman, you know, on with Bob back in November. It's going to cost this organization a lot to get a goaltender that they need. Now the orders can go. Nah, ball's in our court now. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to do if you want this asset. Yep. Well, they can address lesser needs. That's that's the whole idea. Some some depth needs, like maybe a, a six or seven. Everybody's talking about a six or seven uh, defenseman, or yep. you know maybe a, a a centerman for the fourth line. Mm-hmm. If they're still even comprehending that, because we saw Corey Perry in his first game with the Oil on Saturday. Look good. And he looked like Corey Perry. In an Oilers jersey, <laughs> which yep. is still wild for me to comprehend as well. Tell that to me a decade ago that that would happen, and I'd be like, mm, I don't think so, pal. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah, that that's the that's the biggest uh, mental flip ever. It's Corey Perry is an Oiler, and I, you know, fans are like, I have to cheer for him now. That's just so weird. I know. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. That is the hotline to call or text. It's presented by Certainteed, the pro choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainteed Pro all the way. So you know, I'll, I'll just dive into the trade thing uh, a little bit here in the time that we have. And I am in agreement with Kellen. I'm in agreement with what Bob says. I think you're looking for a middle six forward, uh, someone that can play on line two or line three, even four. Or you're looking for a depth defenseman. And I, I'm not comfortable trading a Brett Kulak. They, they may have to, but I'm not comfortable with that necessarily because I don't think you have to. you got to do this on the position of strength, and the Oilers have a lot of strength right now. Kulak and Vincent DeHarnay, um, and this is from Money Puck, uh, the metrics say that they are a top 10 defensive pair and even better than... 
Evan Bouchard and Matthias Ekholm with their numbers. Now, Ekholm and Bouchard obviously have a bigger role on the team, so I'm not diminishing them. I mean, I would, I would not say that <laughs> Kulak and Deharnay are more important than Bouchard and and uh, Ekholm. I would never say that, but it just shows you they're playing well. So do you want to upset that dynamic? People really want to trade Cody Ceci. And, like, I get it. He's not overly flashy. He hasn't scored in forever. He plays with Darnell Nurse, and he's a lightning rod, although you notice the Nurse detractors are quite quiet lately because Nurse is actually having a pretty good season. You know, Cody Ceci is, you know, kind of like in the Connor Brown phase or area where can't just can't get a goal. And he's had great looks over the season. But why would you want to move Cody Ceci off the best PK unit in the league, one of the best? And this is 93-94% over this 16-game stretch. And they're a top-10 penalty kill, period. Cody is a big part of that. So why do you want to do that? So I, I, I would not do that. You're not getting rid of Connor Brown, and it drives everyone crazy, including myself. Why can't he score a goal? Yeah, I mean, you would hope it's going to happen in the second half in Drove, but he penalty kills so well. So in Chris Knobloch's area of simplifying, simplify, 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 he has Connor Brown in a roll on the PK and does create some stuff in the bottom six. Unfortunately, he's not lighting the lamp. Dylan Holloway going down the farm. Don't know if he'll play. I like that, though. Get him around, keep him skating. He's played really well since coming back. And he, he with Corey Perry, I, I love that because Dylan Holloway could, I can see him being a Corey Perry light right now and then maybe becoming maybe something like a Corey Perry with style. I'm not saying he will be Corey Perry, but it'll be interesting. But, you know, here's this break. I know a lot of people are going, why? Why? They said this before when they won, what, five, six games in a row back in December. You know, the break is at the wrong time. Like, you take the break when you can get the break. And Chris Knobloch on the break. Yeah, I know it's good and bad, but... Anytime you're winning games, you don't want that break. But, you know, I think a lot of the guys are a little banged up and need that rest. I think this scenario now, guys have been pushing so hard and, you know, they, they know about the streak. They know about... I don't know. It's just good for, I think, everybody to reset and come back and get recharged for the second half of the season. Which, of course, begins eight days from now against the Vegas Golden Knights, where the Oilers can tie the record for consecutive wins with 17 at 17. Oh, McDavid's ready. Yeah, it should be fun. We have CO Vegas, a good game in their building. You know, it's a fun building to play in. You know, we, we, we love playing there. We know the first hand, the environment, you know, and they're a great team. That's uh, that's also playing really, really well. So something to look forward to at the, uh, at the end of the break. And McDavid, by the way, named second star of the week by the National Hockey League after a four-point, uh, four-goal, eight-point week last week in three games. Uh, he factored in on the last seven goals the Oilers scored for the, the week. When people ask, what's wrong with Connor McDavid? How come he's not as dominant as he was last year? It's fine. Honestly, I think Connor McDavid is entering Sidney Crosby territory as being a complete player. A complete 200-foot three-zone player. 
So he doesn't have to score 64 or whatever he scored last year. He's probably on pace for, what, 35 maybe? I think the way he's playing is perfect. I think that's where you want Connor McDavid. He's not the focal point. Stuart Skinner definitely is the focal point with 12 straight wins, but they're a complete four-line team that can throw out three pairs of defense that you, you can rely on. So that's really, really good. Be excited, folks. Enjoy this. Enjoy this very much because this is fun. And are they going to go on another two, ga- two three-game losing streak? They might. I'll tell you one, one thing as well with the break. I think they needed it for this reason as well. Their schedule wasn't that, I guess, when you look at the opponent, you know, strength of schedule. It wasn't the toughest. I think they only played three teams with winning records. Look, Kellen, the schedule's the schedule. It is what it is. They can't do anything about their schedule. It certainly is, yeah. But the one thing we saw is teams that played the Oilers knew, okay, we're playing the Oilers, who are the hottest team in the league, playing the best out of anyone in the league. You know, maybe not Vancouver. You know, you can argue Vancouver, Winnipeg. They're still high up there as well. But the Oilers, they have this long streak. We want to try and beat them. So here comes Columbus, and here comes Chicago, and here comes Nashville, who's a good team. And they're giving them everything they can. They're giving them fits. They're outworking them. The Oilers had some terrible starts to games. The game against Columbus was dreadful for 40 Mm -hmm. minutes. It was terrible, and then they turned it on. They need to learn how to play these type of games, and that's good. But they also need to learn, because after February, uh, or after the All-Star break, and you know, next Tuesday, February 6th, and they play Vegas, the schedule gets a lot tougher and a lot more condensed. So it'll be a test for this team. So even teams that aren't going to be in the playoffs are coming for the Oilers. You know teams that are in the playoffs are coming for the Oilers. So they got to realize that. And when they go on the break, I think it's good to reset They'll be back next week. Everyone's on the level because the teams that they're playing, especially Vegas, they're you know they have the break too. So nice little reset. Not bad for a team that's on a 16-game win streak, isn't it? Back in a moment. You're listening to 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Dave Campbell and Reed Wilkins tonight. Uh, free agency in the CFL is two weeks away. The negotiation period starts on Sunday, and basically for a week you have the opportunity as a CFL team to talk with pending free agents, anyone you want. You can make a formal offer. That offer can be accepted, can be registered to the league office. Then you got a 48-hour period before free agency starts on the 13th at 10 a.m. Edmonton time to... Mm. Enter exclusive negotiations with your own team. Legalize contract tampering. Exactly. The only industry in North America where that's legal. I'm down with it. I don't know that for sure, but I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm down with it, man. I'm down with it. Uh, So free agency again, uh, February 13th, uh, 10 a.m. Edmonton time. Uh, One player I felt the Elks were going to be in on was Anthony Lanier from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, defensive end who signed the richest deal uh, at the time for a D lineman in the league, $260,000. Had 19 defensive tackles, five sacks in 14 games last season. And I'm thinking suitable replacement for Jake Ceresna, who was traded for Canadian receiver Curly Gittins Jr. a couple weeks ago. Well, Lanier, according to Dan Ralph, 
of the Canadian Press, who covers the league for the for uh, CP, reporting that Lanier has signed a one-year deal. So, uh, Plan B, Plan C, who knows? I mean, they still have to sign the Elks do AC Leonard. Um, they do have some players in house. Sean Oakman's a name that's floating in my head as well that could be a possible um, add. But the Elks don't need a lot because um, they only have five pending free agents left, and that's not a lot. And they've already spent a lot of money. So, but I do think they have a bit of money floating around. They like to use it to maybe get a someone on the D line, maybe a defensive back, maybe a linebacker. We'll see. But Lanier is off the books or off the uh, off the board. So, there you go. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Callan, do we have any uh, listener feedback? We certainly do. Uh, a lot of Oilers listener feedback as uh, going into the bye week and obviously off of the ultimate hot streak, as I have dubbed it. <laughs> We're going to have that. So the ultimate hot streak. Ultimate hot streak. Yes, the hot streak of all hot streaks. Uh, we'll start with uh, Lanny and Sturgeon, who says, "Hi guys, I've been out of the loop, so I'm wondering." If there has been any speculation that the bad start was uh, uh, attributable, yeah, attributable, uh, <laughs> ah, I'm just over that word. But anyway, <laughs> if it leads back, there we go, to the captain's game prior to the season, resulting in overconfidence or a loss of early season enthusiasm, uh, whatever. If they do do it again next year, they should hire themselves a coach like <laughs> Daryl Sutter to crack the whip. No, that's, no, uh, that's uh, Lanny and Sturgeon. So there Darryl we go. Daryl can stay on the farm. No offense to to Daryl. Yes. Um, you know, I think there's a good point. I was raised by Lanny here. Um, I do feel that their focus, even on September 5th when the captain's skate started, and it was a good uh, good idea, get everyone together, get them all ready two weeks before camp started. But I think their focus, as Reed would put it, game 83 on September 5th, you got to be where your feet are. And I think the loss to the Vegas Golden Knights did a number of them, done on them in the playoffs last year. Because I think, really, if they get beyond Vegas... The chances of the Oilers winning a Stanley Cup are very, very high. Because you look at what Vegas did after that. Um, I think perhaps Jay Woodcroft overreacted to what happened against Vegas. So he puts in this new defensive structure and I think too much change for the the team. Let's change defensive schemes and it just didn't... I think there was way too much thinking, way too much hesitation on the ice in those games and uh, f- massively afraid to make a mistake. So, yeah, I think you're onto something, Lenny. Attributable. That's the word I was looking there for. There you go. See, I Attributable. I knew you get it. I'd eventually get it. Yes, there we go. Uh, got an unknown text that came in that just simply asks, why have the Oilers played the fewest games in the league this year? Schedule. I don't know. Schedule. schedule. That's yep. all it is. Schedule. Uh, what can't, can't control the schedule. But like I said, it's going to get a lot busier starting next Tuesday in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Big Rig Al texts in and says, without dumping the Campbell contract uh, money, the Oilers haven't got much room for any upgrade. Now, I did read something from Puckpedia that when they call Holloway back up and they could call Phil Kemp back up, but regardless, they should have around a million and change in cap space. And I thought I read that Jack Campbell, the longer he stays on the farm, the more cap space the Oilers earn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know. I mean, I don't think there's a rush to trade Jack Campbell right now. I think you leave him where he is. And if you need him later in the season, he's playing well now. Now he's finally put a good stretch, 10, 12 games where he's very consistent now. Mm-hmm. 
there's no rush to trade Jack Campbell. I think they have other needs right now. So Right. And one quick one from Nick before we go off the news. Nick says, it's not broken. Don't fix it. Save our future. Well, and you know what? <laughs> Their two biggest acquisitions might be Dylan Holloway off injury and Corey Perry. That might be enough. That might be enough. But, you know, Ken Holland's going to pound the pavement for sure. All right. AFC NFC Championships were lit off the charts, off the chain. We'll talk about it with Blake Dermott next.